everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 112. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, followed by a review of the new Ghostbusters film, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, oh shit, I saw the wrong movie then. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, no. Sorry guys, Uh-oh. I had to cut out. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I'm looking through the list here. There's not a, what the hell? There's only two chicks. Uh-oh. Uh, so without further ado, um, let's actually find out what we have been watching. Hey, what you watching? All right. What we're watching, or what you're watching, or whatever, however you want to say the segment's name, it's fine. It's open what to interpretation, be, so what you we'll uh, we'll go back. What you be seeing? <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to the basics here. Nabil, what have you been watching, reading, or playing, sir? Well, I got a chance to watch a, a, a prequel. Unfortunately, it was a prequel okay. to a film of Army of the Dead. Um, mm. Movie's called Army of Thieves. Uh, focuses on one of the characters on there, the uh, German safecracker, Ludwig Dieter, uh, who basically joins a group of aspiring thieves that, on a very top-secret heist uh, during the very early stages of the zombie apocalypse that happens on Army of the Dead. Um, this is actually written, um, or I'm sorry, directed by the actor who plays Ludwig Dieter, Matthias, Sch- oh, I can't say his last name. I think really? Shogafer? Shog- yeah, he directed it. Yeah, and he directed it. Did he wrote it too? Or did he, Zach he, Snyder? No, he did Zach not write Snyder it. Wrote it. Yeah, yeah, Zach Snyder wrote it. Zach Snyder wrote it. Zach Snyder one other person did. Yeah, uh, but it's cool mm-hmm. that he actually also directed the film. Yeah, so it's pretty. And apparently, the the guy, Matthias, he's a really big actor in Germany. Um, he's done like 90, he's got like 90 credits to his name for, and he's not even, I think, just 30 or something like that. So, big deal. Um, you, I talk about the guy because he's actually a really cool guy. The His acting is really good. The story is pretty thin for a heist film. Um, there's not a lot that goes on. They set up the. It's kind of like any other heist film. They do like the montage at the beginning of what they're planning to do, and then kind of do it. But um, there's not a lot of like zombie esque things. I know James, as you saw the film as well, uh, and I know that you kind of felt the same that it was a bit thin. But what were, what were I think, your I thoughts? I think it's on it? too long. First on. It is long. And then it, the way that it ends is really abrupt. It's like, oh, shit, that's it? Like, fuck this. What a random And then they just kind of lead into the movie. So there's yeah, no opportunity like, there, for anything else. Here's a connection like, to the movie. Yeah. And the story's it, done. I was saying in my review this on Letterboxd is like, I wish this wasn't part of the Army of the Dead film franchise because I, I first off, I don't I don't think too highly of those to begin with. <laughs> but um, the guys, the characters in here are actually likable. So it's like, damn, I wish this was just its own thing. Because I did like the heist aspect, even though... Plot-wise, Nabila is very true on this. Like, it makes no fucking sense. What it yeah, there's nothing really going on here. At one <laughs> point, they're like, "Why are we even breaking through these?" Like, because it's like a series of vaults they're just doing, and they're like, "It's just for the thrill of it." Or else yeah, there's like, a challenge, the and it's fuck? like, "Why?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, like, they they already know the cops kind of already know which ones are going to hit next because of the challenge. So it makes even more less. Of and then the sense. the zombie thing is kind of shoehorned in, and like an afterthought, like, "Oh, also, there's like a zombie." This is happening in the world. Yeah. So does the movie itself feel forced? Like it wasn't necessary, basically. I would say. I mean, it's not necessarily in to be set in the world of Army of the Dead per mm. se. It could have been a heist movie called something else, like yeah, Thief Crackers. I don't know. I mean, it could uh, have been before the events, like way think before. That says the yes for me. 
yeah. mean, I, I might check it out still, but 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 the acting is good. The char- you you do get invested in characters. Uh, characters. Nathali Natalie Emmanuel. She plays. Uh, she's from Game of Thrones. She plays Gwendolyn Star. Uh, honors the the kind of master uh, heistess or something. She's a big thief over there, and she she she's really good too. Like I actually liked her in this film. She had some kind of depth into in her character, kind well, of. Then there's another chick in the movie too. That was really yeah. Cool. There's another girl. I don't have her name on here, but um, also very very interesting character backstories. Like you wanted to get to know them more and learn more about you know the dynamic and that that's what the story really kind of focuses on and the character building mm-hmm. but the plot itself doesn't really have a lot going for it it's it's pretty straightforward i'll say this much marco you'll probably enjoy it uh, like that guy is one of the more enjoyable characters in army of the dead unfortunately no not going to spoil it but you do know his fate by the end of that movie yeah so yeah. it's kind of like a black widow effect marco is how i saw it i was like why does any of this matter you know what I mean? Exactly. I was like, yes. okay, I guess we're just getting a story, but I mean, for the most no part, it's entertaining, though. It's inter- yeah. no, not at all. Yeah, it's entertaining though, and it's it's Zack Snyder esque. Even though he didn't shoot the film, it, it looks really good. You know, no, it looks it's like Zack shot Snyder way better than Zack Snyder film. It sounds like this <laughs> one's a two bourbon glass movie. I mean, yeah, you you you'd get a couple drinks in and say, oh, that's kind of funny. No, Zack Snyder's attached to this, Marco. You're gonna love it. So I what might. Are you lying for? I might. Marco's wearing a Superman <laughs> Man of Steel t-shirt. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, it's not just the shirt, sir. It's the full suit. It's underneath. It's the onesie, too, by the way. <laughs> He's ready at any moment. <laughs> that belt's built in, baby. The, the light the light blue one. The light blue one. <laughs> Got that bulge on there. Like, oh, sir. <laughs> sir. Don't worry it's about got it. got the strong yellow on it, on the S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, you nasty fuck. It's disgusting. <laughs> What else have you been watching, Abu? <laughs> well, sp- speaking of unnecessarily dark threads and plots, uh, I also got a chance to watch Gunpowder Milkshake, uh, another Netflix uh, film. This stars Karen Gillan and Lena Headey. And basically, it's about different generations of women fighting back against a kind of criminal syndicate. Uh, who Is that what it's about? Sorry, yeah, kind of. I mean, that's really it, who take everything from them because they're assassins and like that's their job it's kind of like a loosely based version of like the syndicate in uh the john wick films but it really doesn't have any of the the shine of john wick the uh assassin which is play which is sam played by karen gillen she goes on a mission the mission um goes a little south and She's basically excommunicated and has to survive, I guess. Maybe. We don't really know God, what happens. You're really selling this one to Bill. Yeah, I got to tell you. I wanted you. to like it. I wanted to like this Dude, film. Dude, this whole movie is trying so hard to be like a it really is. movie. It's, so there, it's a lot of, there's a lot of action, but the actions are so choreographed. Like, it's it not choreographed even feel, well, though. Yeah, it's not even opinion. like the, kung, the gun-fu kind of choreography where it feels at least a bit like... Even like Jackie co- Chan like, like, or something. I would say in a bit like not to button your review, but like yeah. it feels like like a copycat of like somebody that saw something they liked a lot. And like I think I can do that, and that's what it yeah. felt like the whole time. Yeah, they they only have like two big set pieces. They're like in a dentist office, and then there's a library. Library kind of scene. I was gonna say spend... the library scene is also yeah. 
they they yeah they set up the library scene that you you're in like four different rooms and they kind of tease at the beginning of what these rooms are going to be like and then you get to it and you're like oh well, there's no point of these rooms you could just like <laughs> yeah this is dumb as shit like why would you do that why would you have like roll with it it's theme? fine it's fine yeah. don't worry uh, it does have Angela Bassett in it. You know, she's always fun to see her do something crazy. But mm-hmm. also, she was underutilized in this film, too. So, you know, there's that. She didn't do her justice. I this one sounds like a camera, skip for me, Bill. Yeah, I wouldn't watch it, Marco. Don't waste okay. your time on it. Um, but again, I thought I'd like, I thought because it was kind of John Wick esque, I was like, you can't do that bad. They've already set up the formula for you. But I was telling you before the pod, <laughs> Nabil, check out Kate on Netflix. I think that'll yeah. be more up your alley. Yeah, and probably most likely something to check out. Um, did that come you out know, this year, I, by the way, Nabil? Or was yes, that last it year? No, it came out this year. Oh, wow. So both that and Kate, like such very similar movies, came out the same year on Net- mm-hmm. on Netflix too. Definitely, there's not a lot to talk about the film. It's it's very thin plot. There's supposed to be a lot of action. There's uh, not a lot of that, and you don't care about the characters. You don't care about the motivations. You don't care about what happens at the end. Uh, it's, it's it's a very blah movie. So. Great if you want to, like, if you're doing something that you're not focused on the screen at and you just want to hear a bunch of weird punching and shooting <laughs> in the background. I'm like, oh, okay, there's something happening. That you glance over <laughs> with your perhaps. Uh, cool. So if I'm alive. having trouble sleeping, turn this one yeah, on. Got put it. Put it on. It'll like, help you go oh, to sleep. Yeah. Still alive. Huh? That works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I agree, though, by the way, Nemo. I 100%. That's really what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what I've been watching. What about you, James? What What else have you been watching? What have I been watching? I watch the new Hulu series, the new Marvel show, actually, Hit Monkey on Hulu. Hmm. I uh, it just came out last Wednesday, actually. Look at me. And there's ten episodes. They released all of them on Hulu already. It's an animated show. It's not part of the MCU, which is probably why I liked it so much. So it's kind of like uh, if you guys watch Modok, it's kind of set in like the same kind of setting in a way, kind it's of like thing, how it's yeah. its own thing. It's just a side story. So, like, Hulu originally planned, like, what was it, four different shows, right? And they all got canceled mm-hmm. except this and MODOK. So, this Which was... Which is so uh, weird, because I didn't like MODOK. I, I got... I didn't like MODOK either, but I watched all of it, it, and I was like, yeah. just in case. <laughs> you know? It didn't look like my cup of tea. It's like a... Oh, I mean, side note, I, I didn't talk about MODOK, but MODOK is basically um Adult Swim, Robot Chicken-esque version of a Marvel thing. There were some with, funny with things. With a connecting story. Yeah, throughout the whole 10 episodes, right? Yeah. Interesting. So, Hit Monkey, though, right? Is fantastic. I liked it a lot. It is dark comedy, but it's at times really hilarious, but at sometimes very, um, very fucking like, um, very like dramatic and like touching and such. Really? <laughs> yeah, which is kind of shocking. So, it's about a, there's an assassin basically, just to briefly state it. His name's Bryce, plays by voiced by Jason Sudeikis, right? So he's in every episode. And he dies, and basically in this series of events, he is this monkey that he's with, right? Because he died in an area where there's these white-haired monkeys. This monkey's very intelligent, and he kind of goes on this... His whole tribe is killed at the same time that Bryce is killed. So he's on a, a quest for vengeance, and then Bryce comes back as a spirit, and is kind of guiding him. Uh, if that sounds like up your alley, this is your fucking show. <laughs> it, is fucking, wild. it is fucking Ooh. hilarious. By the way, there is so many times it is so violent. Like you'll see somebody get cut in half, like like nothing. Like oh shit, like 
you know, and then the monkey, it's just a monkey wearing a suit at one point. He's just got a gun, man. He's just fucking gunning people down. <laughs> it's, and he's, he's just making his like, ho, 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 like noises and shit. And it's like, what the fuck is going on, man? But it like, they bond together and throughout the 10 episodes, it's, it's really well done. I think the benefit of it too is it has like kind of an all-star cast with like the voices and stuff like that. Yeah. Like George Takai's in it. Oh, uh, really? Olivia Munn is in it. Ali Mackey's in it. Damn. Not to mention, like I said, Jason Zudeckis is fucking hilarious in this, too. He's kind of, you know, your guide to the whole thing, but it is based on the comic, which I've never read, but so far, uh, I hope they get a season two, because season one was fantastic, so if you guys haven't seen it, it is on Hulu, streaming exclusively, and like I said, it's animated. It's for adults. It's not for kids, by the way. Don't have your don't have your kids watching this one. They'll regret it instantly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless they're cool with decapitation and shit. So, I mean, you roll with it. And a monkey just with a katana. So, all right. So, I also am watching a new series called Blade Runner Black Lotus. This mm. takes place 17 years before Blade Runner 2049. It's an animated CG film. Uh, not film, sorry. TV show. Made with conjunction between Adult Swim and Crunchyroll. So, you can either watch it uh, through Adult Swim uh, if you want to watch the dubbed version, or if you want the sub version, it is on Crunchyroll. So far, three episodes have come out. And the show itself is roughly, it's about a replicant named Elle that is waking up and kind of discovering herself so far. That's all that's really happened. But there's, like, obviously more going on because it's, you know, exploring the world. And it's a direct result of, like, the blackout and stuff like that, if you've ever know any of the Blade Runner lore. Mm. So it is actually pretty good so far. I would say the only thing that I have a gripe with is the animation style. Something about that CG anime type is just kind of hit or miss. The action sequences are so good, though. There's so, there's some really good scenes in here, especially cityscape scenes and like where you see the floating cars and all that jazz. Like It looks really good. Does action it try to keep really like good. at least the same aesthetic as the movies? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. It looks right. just like uh, it, it keeps very much that whole look. So, okay, that's a nice thing about it. So, so far I like it. Um, I'm gonna continue watching this one. So, this is uh, it's cool because Elle is actually voiced by Jessica Henwick, who was from like uh, the Iron Fist show. So, nice. You know, depending on how you look at it, and then like it stars also like Wes Bentley, uh, William Lee, Barkin Abdi, who's you know famous for the I'm the Captain now. So he's in there too. I'm glad he's still acting. Yeah, he's doing voice work at least. And it's so obvious who he is. Got his <laughs> character looks just like him. It's like, holy shit. So um if you're interested in that, I would highly recommend it. Especially you guys I know are Blade Runner fans, so I'm assuming you guys know about this, but it's on like I said, it's on every Sunday on Adult Swim as well. First three episodes have already come out. Uh it's yeah, I remember hearing week, about so. it, but I I, yeah. I forgot it was coming out. Yeah. Truthfully. It it had an hour premiere, so it was two episodes last week and one episode yesterday, so it's really easy to catch up. They're only like 22 minutes long each, so. Nice. Because right I know, you said you were trying to find another way to stream it, so it is available streaming. So. It is on online. Good. Yeah. Gotta catch it on Dolce. And then lastly, I do want to bring up that I saw Clifford the Big Red Dog yesterday. <laughs> woof, woof. My family. Yeah, you did. Or or that's the dog that uh, Marco thinks. Uh, the huh? thing of nightmares? <laughs> yeah. The thing of yeah. nightmares? The thing. The He's dog like, that Mel? dog is killed. He's like, has that dog killed? Yes, yes, I mean, yes. He's it's just puppy. that he uncanny just valley, man. I'm like, this is weird. Basically, so it's streaming on Paramount Plus. So like, we were like, fuck it, we want to check it out, right? 
it's it's loosely based on the the books that we probably all read as kids about a young girl named Emily. She finds Clifford, gives it love, and it gets big. That's all you need to know. For the most part, like I'm just gonna keep his life. I mean, smaller. that's that's it's really like, it. It just sure, just like the books. Yeah, yeah just like the Marco. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but the dog didn't kill in the books. <laughs> um, <laughs> the dog didn't give me though. nightmares. It was really sweet. It was a nice story. I uh, uh, the CG at times, I was saying what it's it looks good 95% of the time I'd say there are some times where it's like okay it's a little rough but I mean it's not it's same for kids and we saw it with my nieces and nephews and stuff and everyone seemed to like it so it's a good like family film to watch if you have Paramount Plus I mean or you can see in theaters it's actually in both right now simultaneously but for the most part it was really sweet little big old, big old dog you know what I mean nice sounds like a nice parody there James yeah a little nice two shows and a little ki- a kids movie you know just trying to mix it up what about you, Marco? What you been what you been watching? Man, I've been keeping it pretty basic myself. I stuck to Netflix for the most part. Just out of sheer laziness. I know there's a lot of shit that's been released on other platforms, but you know, I didn't bother to check them out. Not yet. Netflix has plenty of stuff to watch. Don't, don't dog on it. <laughs> Motherfucker saying yeah. like the Netflix got two shows on it. Like, yeah, I, know, right? I mean thousands of shows on there? Squid Game got me hooked back into the Netflix, so I'm like, oh shit. Now I'm finishing up some other stuff too. Oh, that I'll bring so, up can I on, can but... I mention something on the side? I did finish Squid Game by the way, finally. Congratulations. Oh, nice. I said I would get it done by this podcast. Welcome I to last week, James. Yeah, I know. And, and just to let you know though, I did say just an update. I, I liked it a lot, by the way. I can tell you're wearing the jumpsuit. I know. <laughs> Don't tell my secret, you son of a bitch. Uh, James is wearing the mask, actually, from the guards. He's No, not even too. that one. He's wearing the main guy's mask, the black one. <laughs> oh, the front man? <laughs> With the fucking silver hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, is that embroidered? Shit. Custom made. Hello, Marco. Bring He's speaking in Korean. I can't even understand him right now. <laughs> Anyways, so what do you even uh, watch on Netflix? So I started watching Narcos Mexico season three, and this one stars Scoot McNary again and Jose Maria Yaspic as El Señor de los Cielos or the Lord of the Skies. And uh, basically, the show takes place in the '90s or the early '90s, um, late in the narco traffic game, and it's. Essentially, following the the rise in uh, in power for uh, the Lord of the Skies himself. So, yeah, that's basically just of it. Without giving any spoilers about uh, season three, uh, I'm like I'm like four or five episodes in. This is the main show I've been watching recently. Uh, How many episodes are there? Ten. Uh, ten. Yeah, I think it's a total of ten. So you're like halfway done. Yeah, just about. Um, and, uh, man, I gotta say, uh, I'm liking it a lot. Uh, each, each season has pretty much been a hit for me for the, uh, Narco series. The original was really great, mainly focused on, um, Pablo Escobar. And then they started focusing on the other cartels, the Cali cartel, etc. And, and so this one is continuing that. And, um, I, I kind of like the fact that sometimes they go, in between the timelines of of each different series or each different different season, because yeah. you know they start off in the late seventies, continue in the eighties, go in the nineties, but sometimes like they'll intertwine through flashbacks or through the storytelling, and it's nice to see like oh okay this is happening like during this time this is happening when that happened or you know when that guy died or whatever so um, it's kind of cool to kind of see all that uh, play out, but um, 
it's cool. It's it's very action packed for the most part. Uh, it's it's very violent, so um, not as gory. But I mean, you see a lot of people get freaking murked, and you know, since it's based on uh, on true events that actually occurred in real life, they'll they'll splice in like actual footage, like news news footage and stuff, or footage that you know people happen to capture at the time. So um, I kind of like that aspect of it. It adds more of uh, the realism. Like the characters you get. <laughs> there's <Sometimes> Marco's <laughs> walking across the screen. <laughs> the I'm fuck? like right there. Oh shit! He's like, it's okay, man. Let's get out of here, man. <laughs> it's just the yayo, man. Uh, and uh, there's a whole like slew of characters in there, but you you get invested into all of them to kind of see like what 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 it is that they're trying to accomplish, and um, it's it's kind of interesting. One of the things that I've noticed with this season is you see that all the narcos and what they try to accomplish in their you know illegal empires it's all about family and trying to stay connected with each other and uh trying to stay united within your family kind of like the mafia and you look at the law enforcement side and it seems like a lot of them like are divorced or, you know they don't have family or they're disconnected from their family and to see the contrast you know of of that i think is like a pretty cool element that this season definitely tends to highlight a lot more so um it's very well acted um and yeah you, a lot of the times you got to read like subtitles because a lot of the you know people are speaking spanish no issues for me i don't have to read shit i just, <laughs> no, I can just stare no, at the screen you can watch it dubbed yeah feels <laughs> <laughs> like there's a dubbed option probably yeah. <laughs> there probably is but it's probably horrible but man like they, the acting on both sides on both the spanish and the english side is just um incredible man like the delivery everything there's nothing is cheesy nothing is like you know hammed out it's just so well done so well made filmed so well so great cinematic shots it's uh just a perfect blend so um especially if you're into like crime dramas then this is probably something for you if you've ever watched like sopranos or anything like that then you know check this one out for sure uh i would say start you don't have to, but you you could probably start with the original Narco series because this is a spinoff show. Yeah, the, the first original. two seasons of the original Narco is really good. I still haven't finished the third season, the last one. It's it's not the same when it's not focused on Pablo Escobar, and so then I was hesitant to move on to Kinda, Mexico because of it. I, I want to say that's the weakest one, Nabil, of all of them, but what Narcos Mexico ties into that one in a way, and it makes that one a little better. It yeah. kind of adds a little more depth to it. They should have just included that one in into Narcos Mexico because there is a tie into that, obviously. I've but I want to say that I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think that one focuses more on like the Cali cartel. It does. That's where it kind of really leans into the power vacuum. Yeah, which is yeah, it's weird because you start to see all the connections and everything when when you start Narcos Mexico into all that. And it's like oh, they could have made this a lot more interesting. But yeah, definitely you know check it out. It's on Netflix. Each episode is like an hour long, so. And they go by pretty fast. Yeah, aside from that, I also started the uh, Netflix original live action version of Cowboy Bebop. And as some of you may or may not know, it's based off the old anime that's premiered when the late 80s, early 90s, around there. It was, um, it was early 90s, yeah. It's 90s. Yeah, and it stars John Cho and uh, Mustafa Shakir and Daniela Pineda, who are playing the titular characters, uh, Spike Spiegel. And the rest of the the cast and crew, I can't remember the rest of their names right now. So yeah, 
I'm that tired. Don't without spoiling, obviously. I haven't even started yet. That's why. You haven't started it. Oh, okay. This just um, came out on Friday. So. Well. <laughs> Did you like it? Uh it has parts that are enjoyable. I. That's what I've okay. Just to let you know, like I've talked to two people that have seen the whole thing already, and they've said the same thing. Like I, they I see they what didn't, they didn't love it, but they liked it. They said. Yeah, it, it's enjoyable. It's not great. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just kind of like in the middle. Like I see what they're trying to go for. They they really do try to carbon copy a lot of the original cartoon. Like the first episode is like the exact same as the animated version, except they add a few things to extend the episodes. So they pull a little bit of um, Batman the Killing Joke, where they add stuff that isn't part of the the original to extend the episodes. And Uh-oh. truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> Those are probably the parts that I like the least, in my opinion. Like I, I see what they're trying to do, and they're trying to add their own flair to it. Also, like the the style of it. Sometimes it looks good, and other times it just looks like they're in a sound studio. And I'm like, dude, I, I mean, just seeing studio. the trailers, most of it looked like that. That's why I was like, ooh, I don't know about this. Yeah, um, some of the lines feel a little like forced and hammy, and I'm like, just just say it how you want to say it like don't try to like mimic the cartoon 100 specifically with the jet character uh i feel like a lot of his lines like he's really trying to nail in like the same tone and cadence as like the animated version and i'm like you don't really have to whereas john cho does his own type of version of spike's beagle and i feel like that's kind of like where it shines the most is when the characters do kind of like their own like flair to it like keep it you know akin to the original but don't try to like copy it 100 percent. if that makes is sense john cho too old for this role though by the way no no actually, i mean he looks pretty young man saying. yeah he 49. looks pretty young um i always thought spike was like spike i mean spike is younger 20s yeah he's right, in his late like, 20s yeah. yeah yeah uh danielle pineda does pretty good as faye valentine uh for the most part again it's just like some of the lines and the deliveries are just kind of like hammy and like feel forced and th- that's that's the part that gets me out of it sometimes it sounds like you really wanted them just to to go all in with the anime and like lean into it instead of kind of trying to to balance the realism of it being live action to also trying to mirror the uh, series like just lean one way or the other yes and i feel like that's where it's failure kind of is so far like there are parts of it will look really great, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty awesome. And then other parts from just like that probably doesn't work in live action form. Should probably not do it that way. Not try to copy the cartoon. You know, this is why I'm almost like hesitant about them trying to make it a Kira movie for so long too. I'm like, just let it go. Yeah, yeah some sometimes you can just leave it animated. Exactly. Yeah. Some some things only belong on a certain type of medium, and you should leave it as that, and not try to you know, you know reinvent the wheel or anything but uh i'm only like an episode in again i'm gonna watch the rest you know and see how i feel about it because there there are some parts yeah there are some parts where i am interested how they do um there's one character that i'm specifically like curious about vicious i want to see how they do it what i've seen so far from vicious i'm like uh, okay sephiroth yeah so we'll 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 see but i mean if you're a fan of the original cartoon, check it out. You know, if you're curious, check it out. You, if you're already subscribed to Netflix, I mean, it, it's free. It's included. So you might as well, you know, 
Put it in the background. See what you think. I'm probably gonna start it this week after. I'm just knocking out so many fucking movies. Dude. It's a good no, Thanksgiving yeah. watch, I say. Got that Hawkeye <laughs> shit coming out like tomorrow, right, or the next day? Is oh it really yeah, this week, right? Fuck, I know Marvel this week. making me a slave to their game again. If we don't watch it at midnight, people ruin it for me, so I have to watch it at midnight. <laughs> yeah, real quick, I'm just going to mention this. I'm not going to talk about it too much. I've also been watching, also on Netflix, uh, Lock and Key, which is something that Nabil has mentioned on this podcast. And I got to say, for the most part, I'm like an episode and a half in. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I, <laughs> I couldn't the finish first the second season episode. Or I, the second? The first season. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm only the first season, man. I've never seen the show before. Got to say, it's... Interesting for the most part. It give it give it until episode two. Yeah, and then <laughs> there's a, give it there's a lot of seven. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Wait, there's what? a lot of exposition. A lot yeah, the, of it. The first episode is kind of like uh, I don't know how I feel about this, but once I started getting into like the second episode, it starts getting interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of weird shit that's happening on there and stuff that happens just for plot's sake. And just like, yeah. really, you're not gonna call this shit out? You're just gonna leave it as is? Anyway, um, I I had no idea how to do with a lot with like. Well, I guess I do because you, you explained it in a bill, but it's been a while and I forgot. They had to do a lot with like magic and stuff. And I'm like, all right, this is kind of. I guess pretty dark. Interesting. The second season is not as dark. I, I don't know how I feel about the second season. I'll talk about it once I finish it. But Yeah, I was watching kind of loosey-goosey. So we'll see. We'll see how I feel if I decide to continue to give this one a shot. It's not really my cup of tea, but it was, you know, you watched it and someone else recommended it, a friend of mine, friend of the pod. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, sounds like you had like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I had a Netflix. Dude, I originally I, I was gonna watch it for our thing, man, and then it was like, I'm watching this. I was like, I'll have to change mine then. <laughs> this one's mine. Um, so yeah, we have a plenty of stuff there, guys. It sounds really yep. good. So let's get on to our main review of Ghostbusters Afterlife. I remember Revelations, and I looked as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. Judgment Day. Raise a call. I'm calling about what happened in New York. There hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. Oh my god. What is happening here? His grandfather was a Ghostbuster. Something was coming and he knew it. I think we opened the gates of hell. Hey, have you missed us? All right, our review of Ghostbusters Afterlife. So currently it's sitting at 63% Rotten Tomato score. Uh, the premise is when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and a secret legacy their grandfather left behind. This is directed by Jason Reitman, who also directed Juno back in 2007, Up in the Air, Young Adult, and Tully. This is written by Gil Keenan, as well as Jason Reitman, uh, who also wrote Thank You for Smoking back in 2005, Labor Day, and The Front Runner. The film is based on the 1984 film with the same title, Ghostbusters. This is actually made by his father, Ivan Reitman. Uh, it was written by Dan Aykroyd, who, if you know him from SNL, also from some films such as The Blues Brothers, Coneheads, 
Harold Ramis was also a Ghostbuster in that film. He did National Lampoon's Animal House back in uh, 78, Caddyshack in 1980, and Stripes in 1981, Groundhog Day in 93, uh, and then r- random credit of year one <laughs> back in 2009. <laughs> this is like his last thing. The gap. Yeah, this is the last film. This was released on, originally, it was because it come out on July 10th last year, but then it got delayed to March of this year, but then it got delayed again to June yep. of this year, and then it got delayed to November 11th of this I year. I was like, it's going to be for my birthday. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Then it ended up just coming out last weekend, November 19th. So, you know, a few delays. Couldn't settle on the right time. They wanted to make sure they were in the theaters to make some money. So, hey, now it's out. So the stars of this film, uh, Finn Wolfhard, he plays Trevor, McKenna Grace as Phoebe, Carrie Coon as Callie, Logan Kim as quote-unquote podcast, Celeste O'Connor plays Lucky, and Paul Rudd is in here as Mr. Gruberson. Before we go into our thoughts on the film, just to give a little context and history about what this film ranks against the other films of history, we've got the original Ghostbusters back in 1984 set a 97% Rotten Tomato score. So really top-tier film back then. Uh, still holds up really well, too. Ghostbusters 2, the sequel, came out in 1989. That didn't fare as well. It's got a 53% Rotten Tomato score. And then we have the other film, Ghostbusters, which sometimes is called Answer the Call, but officially is titled as Ghostbusters 2016. Uh this ended with a 74% Rotten Tomato score. So, I mean, of of the four films so far, this one is the, the second highest rank from the original. So, let's just think about a little bit and what we thought about this film. And let me, let me start with you, James, because I know you... Um, actually, well, I think you watched the first two again. I don't think you watched yeah, the Yeah, I rewatched uh, the... F- yeah, there's no... It didn't connect to it. So, it only connects yeah. to the first two. Technically, only the really first one, you think about it. But... Right. Um, yeah, I rewatched them. I uh, really enjoyed them. I've uh, watched them before, so I mean, I've watched these movies a lot throughout my childhood. So this is definitely one of those things that um, I mean, I'm not like the the biggest Ghostbusters fan, but now that I think more about it, like I've seen it like a lot of times since I was a kid. So it was always on TV too a lot. So it was it always kind of was playing on on the background on television. Uh, what about you, Marco? What are, what are your connections to the older films? I mean, you were probably, what, 30 when the uh, first one came out? Right? <laughs> 32 and a half. I loved like, it, man. I, I loved the <laughs> the old movies. Uh, I saw Ghostbusters 2 in theaters, sir. Yes, oh, I'm I not, did. I, I'm not <laughs> shocked you did. I was yeah, still, I was just being born. But. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I was a huge fan of Ghostbusters, the both movies and the cartoon. I don't agree with that 53% on Ghostbusters 2. Maybe it's a nostalgia sentimental thing, but it really wasn't that bad, man. Like 53, that's that's fucking harsh. Um, there's some really funny scenes in that, specifically the court scene when Lewis is defending them. I, I fucking die every time he's he's being led by Peter Venkman but you telling him what to, to say. You guys told me to be here, man. <laughs> he's like, give me a break. We're both lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> Sucking the guts, boys. <laughs> Ghostbusters. He turns around. He asks him what? <laughs> he doesn't know what he's saying. Anyway. Love the first two films was always like 
hopeful that there'd be a sequel someday, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's a And then we stream. got one in yeah. Ghostbusters 2016. 2016, I saw that one. It's not that bad, man. I mean, it gets ripped a lot, but it, was, it like, was... We got one in 2009 with the Xbox 360 game. What are you talking about? We did get the game that was more of a sequel. Yeah, that is know? true. Yeah, isn't it supposed to be like an official sequel or some shit like that? At the time, yeah. Yeah, but um, the 2016 one was, was pretty good, you know. Wasn't great. I don't but think it was that bad either, by the way. Yeah, I, don't I, think I so remember either. seeing it and think it was okay, but I mean, yeah, it didn't feel like a super like. It's definitely was different. I would say. Yeah, they leaned more into the jokes than the, the like creepiness of it, which is kind of ghost. A, yeah, ghost exactly rather than the ghost. Which I know yeah. a lot of people write on it because of you know the fact it was all female cast, which I don't think had all the all the stars were great comedians. They just leaned too heavy on the jokes. It yeah. was, and it a lot of it was improv too, and you could tell because some of the yeah. jokes were fucking terrible. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it it needed to have something more more tight, a little more yeah. structure maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the um, plot on that one was pretty dog shit too. So, <laughs> but for the most just part, a little I bit. mean, I thought it was still fun. I mean, yeah. I didn't have an issue like a lot of people did, but I mean, it did it it underperformed obviously. So and uh, yeah, I mean, I saw the original Ghostbusters, uh, you know, on television. I think is to be honest, and it was scary. Uh, I remember I saw it, but I didn't get to rewatch it this time around. But I remember I saw it about two years ago, and there was I still remember some genuinely creepy moments in that film, which is which is what was good about Ghostbusters, the original one especially, is that that you know obviously people like Bill Murray. Um, and even uh, Harold Ramis, you know, they kind of steal the show with their acting and their and the comedy. Where Harold mm. Ramis was kind of like the straight shooter, straight and, guy, yeah, yeah. And uh, Bill Murray was the professor, but also the ladies' man, but also the jokester. Like, he was, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, they they kind of steal the show in there. But there was definitely plenty of elements of it just kind of being creepy too, which made that film fun and unique. Uh, the State second one, Marshmallow did, Man, used to scare the shit out of me. Yeah, as a kid. he was creepy. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought, of the and the second one was thing. was funny too. You know, it wasn't as creepy as the first one, but the to a point. the stars, the you know the the actors the painting were is kind of creepy. creepy. Yeah, yeah. The yes. bathtub the scene I, too. Yeah. So you know, we're talking about the original ones. Obviously, we've got some nostalgia for that. But what about this film? What what were our thoughts on the plot itself here, Marco? What what did you think about this film in particular? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was. Uh, an incredible sequel and uh, at the heart of it felt like a ghostbusters movie the, it, it had a little bit of slow pacing at the beginning and i feel that's probably where where, where it suffers the most is um th- there there are parts where it takes a little too long to you know actually get to the ghosts and stuff versus the other movies but i, I understand because they have a lot of exposition to fill in you know it's been 30 years since the previous ghostbusters movie Give or take, so yeah, a lot of build up to try to tell you what's you know right, a lot on. of catching up to do and everything. So they they have to do a lot in the beginning, which I understand, but uh, it does take aside, a while, yeah, yeah. Aside from that, man, it was uh, to me it was a pretty fucking solid sequel, man. I really enjoyed it, and um, I'll uh, I'll get into more details later, but yeah, solid sequel, dude. Yeah. What about you, James? What, what were your thoughts on this film? Uh, you know what? Going into it, I was really skeptical, thinking like, yeah, maybe I won't like this. But no, I, I actually, I love this movie, man. I liked it a lot, especially rewatching the first two right before, like, mm-hmm. that week leading up to it, I think helped out, too. Some, um, some emotional scenes there for yeah, you. Yeah, definitely, yep. yeah. There, I'll talk about it in my spoiler section, but um, I liked it a lot, man. I like the setup of it. I'm glad that it did really well, too. So, like, we're probably going to get a sequel. 
at least, so they can probably keep this going. Um, I will say, like, uh, we'll talk more on spoilers, I guess, and when you bring it up. But no, for the most part, I liked it a lot. I like how it connected. I thought it did a really good job. I uh, played really good homage to everything from the first uh, movies, too, which was nice. So, Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I thought the film was surprisingly well done, to be honest. It the, it did trail a little bit in the beginning of the setup, but as you kind of get as it got going and into it, it, it was actually pretty interesting. And even the ending wasn't as it, you know it didn't end with just a sky beam <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of films. I mean, it had one, but it wasn't as bad. Um, and the story, you know, the way they kind of ended it and and wrapped up was very was was very touching, very interesting, and and also kind of funny um it it had a really solid connection of the past film because it's yeah. of a new generation of kids who you know this happened like 30 plus years ago uh, for them and so they wouldn't necessarily know what would have happened in the past in, in new york uh because this film is not set in in actually new york but in some small farm town yeah uh, in, the, in the middle of america yeah in oklahoma yeah. but at the same time, there's like they, they they build that connection and and you start seeing the things that they kind of discover organically as kids and it's it's really well done for what for what they did. So I thought they they did a good job connecting it and also keeping that same element of a horror. I, there was genuinely some jump scares for me in the film. I was like, oh, I didn't expect that, you know, kind of just off your seat kind of thing, but also some funny stuff. Uh, James is looking at me skeptically, and what it's like, yeah, James, I get scared of things. At? There's some, there's some scary scenes. <laughs> the just, hell? They just get you. So, what did you guys think about the the actors, the kids here? James, what were your thoughts on the the child actors? I actually liked them a lot. I mean, uh, like the youngest crew is probably the, the like Phoebe is. I thought McKenna Grace was great in this movie. As she was lead. good. She she did pretty solid. As, so she's as basically, basically like a the young female version of Egon. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Like she looks just like him too. And then um, I like you know I didn't think I'd like podcast the young Asian. I thought boy. he'd be annoying at first. Yeah. But dude, I was cracking up at his fucking jokes, man. Like his little <laughs> things. I was actually genuinely laughing. I was like, <laughs> I'm getting soft as fuck, man. I just read a clip of four stars. <laughs> so I was like, man, this is getting wild and stuff. But uh, he was funny. I like their interactions. You know, like she finally finds a friend, and um, I liked uh, Phoebe's little like terrible dad jokes she tells too they were so fucking bad <laughs> those were so hilarious I was, oh, oh, I was like i when i saw those i immediately knew i was like nibbles chuckling yeah those, are, those like, are my jokes amazing <laughs> um i mean finn wolfhard's the same character he is in every fucking movie finn, in. finn has <laughs> yeah. gotten older uh and that's kind of weird he's in this in-between phase right now and i'm like that's eh, kind of weird i was like right season now. fucking four of stranger things whatever at this point they have to do wild. a five-year time jump right yeah these kids are looking 23 now shit and I would say the, the the other girl, Lucky, played by Celeste O'Connor. I, I don't think we got enough of her, to tell you the truth. Mm-mm. Yeah, like, she didn't have a lot of Like, we get that she's, like, the sheriff's daughter, and then she works, and, like, she's kind of mean at first, but then she kind of just rolls with him eventually. I think she's probably she's the She's definitely the character. Winston of the movie. Because, I mean, he's he's only there, <laughs> I mean, the, like, oh. towards the end, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's yeah, one yeah, way to look at it. Yeah, that's one characteristic they have in common. Um <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want. To, I didn't say anything, but I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I would say her character is probably the weakest out of the bunch because we get to know her the least. But by the end, it's kind of like, hey, they're establishing that they become friends and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, the kids, for the most part, they worked. So, yeah, Mark, are there anybody stand out for you um, as far as these actors concerned, or even you know, 
Paul Rudd, you know, he's always great. Uh, just, I mean, Paul Rudd is great. He's he's good in he's great in damn near everything, everything he's in. But yeah, like like right. what James said, McKenna Grace definitely stood out the most as as Phoebe. She captured the heart of Egon and of all the Ghostbusters, like all into one. And she carried the film pretty well. I was kind of like skeptical at first because you know how I am with kid actors, man. So she was charming, man. And yeah, her dad jokes fucking killed me. I was just like, oh my fucking God, they're so bad. They're good. Yeah, and then cool. Logan Kim's podcast uh, agreed. Same. I didn't think I was going to like him. I thought it was going to be annoying, but he actually ended up being really funny, and he captured the essence of Ray. I think uh, it was it was great. So um, very enjoyable. Just cool because there's a scene later too that is like, oh okay, right. Finn Wolfhard definitely yeah is probably the weakest link of all of them because James hit the nail on the head he's the same character in every fucking thing he's in and no offense to him once again yeah. I'm, I'm not saying because i mean kid actors it's hard for them to get out of that but i i'd say aside oh, yeah. from aside from lucky he was also the old you know the character that really didn't get that much like he wasn't really that necessary truthfully like i think the whole point brother. was older brother yeah yeah but yeah, he was there to fill a body and be like a, a ghostbuster i get it but he wasn't or necessary. was he more of the big name like people are like he's from Stranger Things. I've watched that. I'll go. He see might this. be. Might Probably. Be <laughs> he dressed yeah. up as a Ghostbuster in there too. So. Yeah. Oh, in universe oh time. Oh my god, Helena! <laughs> what the fuck, <laughs> But yeah, um, pretty good for the most yeah. part. I think I think I agree with that as well. I mean, you know, that's just great. It's the, honestly, there's a lot of story we're not talking about, but at the same time, the plot's pretty thin. Uh, there's not a lot going on, but at, at the same time, it's entertaining enough for you when they do the setup and where you're at that you don't really need a lot much more to to, to understand of what's happening. It, it's so, simplified on purpose too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of straight to the point of mm-hmm. once once you get through the in the uh, intro of the film and and then their little setup, uh, it pretty much kind of goes from there. Like things slowly escalate, and I mean, there's a great car chase scene um, that they have where you're going after a ghost, which you f- you would think you know kind of me looking back at it is a pretty long scene but it was quite entertaining the whole time like it's a good portion of the second act and it's and it's an actually entertaining thing and then there's like um you, if you're a fan of the original uh movies too yeah you'll you'll very much do the um once upon a time in hollywood leonardo meme a lot of times where you point at the screen like <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god the, that's the car oh my god the member the berries yeah, yeah, exactly. member i remember member so, member proton packs yeah remember yeah, when I mean, they first saw slimer member so, yeah. it's it's very i mean yeah they, they even got kind of member kind of a pseudo slimer reference people Sorry. marshmallow puffman there's there's so many of those references and it isn't corny. It doesn't feel campy. It feels like it works in the universe. Which, and you're, which you're I'm gonna say the 2016 one felt like they were more forced in with they the did. references. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this time around, I felt like that's what I'm saying. And also, you know what I think helped too is um, Jason Reitman is he does more like indie films. Obviously, as you yeah. can tell from his uh, movies and. So getting a big budget film like this is probably like this is probably the biggest budget film he's done probably. I'm and saying. it still felt like kind of like a small indie film though. And it of. felt smaller, like, but know, I meant smaller. But there was a lot of like really beautiful shots of like the there scenery was, and like when the cars driving through the like yep. the the fields and shit like that. It's like it's mm-hmm. re- it's shot really well too. So and I, I think that and that's why the dialogue works better this time around than it did in 2016 he's, he's a very good storyteller and right yeah, yeah. He, he knows how to how to wove in the the lore and the history from the previous films because that's like what was lacking from the 2016 one as well too is like 
acknowledging that lore and that history. And I think that kind of, you know, it's, it's what's necessary to tie everything together, obviously. But if it's done horribly wrong, then it, you know, doesn't have a good payoff. And he did an incredible job with it. It's yeah. cool because he's also in the second Ghostbusters. He's the kid in the party. He is. Oh, he's just a munchkin back then. We want He-Man. He was still younger than Marco at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Marco was like, I remember my when my boys did that before. <laughs> my dad said you guys are full of crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, before we go into the spoiler section and talk a bit more of some key plot points, Marco, let's talk about your star rating. What, what would you rank this film? I would give this one a... Man, this is tough, but I I give it a four star. Four star, yeah. Nice, James. What about you? I give it a slimer out of five. No, see, I give, yeah, I give it a four. <laughs> a I give slimer. It four. Uh, I also give it a four star. So we hit the trifecta there, guys. Well, uh, I don't think we've so. ever agreed on one yet. Have yeah, we? No, we all, I don't think we've all oh, gotten the same shit. Ranking. It's the oh, end well, of the guys, fucking world. This is the end of the pod. This is the <laughs> yeah. end of the pod. Sorry, guys. No more, guys. We're talking about Done. mixing things up. This We're mixing up by stopping. Jokes on you. So, so uh, we all agree that this is a good film. Definitely worth watching, especially if you enjoy the first uh, couple films. I would say even... Uh, I watched this uh, like a sidebar here with my niece, Charlie, who's only 11. She'd never seen any of them. So we watched the first and second together leading up to this and then watched this one. And uh, even Jelly hadn't seen the other ones before, so she just watched this one as she just, you know, sometimes comes with us. So. And all of them liked it a lot. So I think it's enjoyable kind of for... Pretty much everyone. It's just I would say it's a good family movie. film. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. mean, it, it has some creepy elements, but nothing too too over the ten. I don't think it's too scary for like about. younger yeah. kids to a point. Obviously, no. yeah. Just for me, but I'm just yeah. A, but a, no, a really <laughs> child, yeah. I'm very childlike. That ghost is spitting out metal. God, it scared me. <laughs> the dog, the dog thing with practical effects at the Walmart. Oh, I love the practical effects. That's another thing we got to talk about. That's great. There's a lot of product placement, though. I will say that much. There, I mean, you know, you got to yeah. pay for the film, guys. Do you it's, want all it's the Baskin Robbins? <laughs> all the Who wants to go to Walmart? To the front. All right. So we're going to go into spoiler section. Obviously, again, we all recommend this film. If you haven't seen the movie yet or hadn't had a chance and want to go see the film, go ahead and skip a little bit forward. You'll be able to hear how you can reach out to us and also hear what we're going to be watching next. Uh, otherwise... Stick around, and we'll go in a bit more depth in spoilers. So let's talk about the uh, overall story connection. This is the kind of the biggest reveal over here, the biggest spoiler. They're kind of the <clears throat> character connections to Egon. So Egon, at the beginning of the film, essentially is seen well kind of seen stopping a ghost um and essentially dies and what ends up happening is that his family through dire circumstances that they are already going through uh find their way to egon's property and are living over there and their granddaughter who is phoebe mckenna grace is essentially chip off the old block (laughs) she's she's just like him (laughs) um looks like him acts like him it's it's kind of he's she's she's mini egon um what did you guys think about that family connection rather than just doing it as a general you know oh there used to be ghostbusters and now we want to be like them but an actual tie into one of the characters and and like a blood relation uh james what were your your feelings on that especially after seeing the original two on how this connected to the films i thought it was cool uh she even says it like a point because um her character is like always feels left out and you know she actually gets mad at her mom at one point it's like why did you tell me uh, 
you know, like my grandfather was a scientist like me, you know, like someone smart like me, someone that she could like finally like connect to. And I thought that's really touching, you know, and I, I like the connections and I, I like, I like they were wearing like practically the same glasses, by the way. Like she like, they were, yeah, they were, they yeah. and it's like the same type. I'm like, how convenient, right? Um, so I liked it. The connection, like it, it's more so her, not so much uh, Trevor's character, by the way. No, Trevor just seems like I'm like Trevor. You might be adopted, so I don't really well, know. Where the fuck you know what I find that. interesting about Trevor? Although is, he does fix the car up, so he he's does a grease he is, monkey, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, technically. so he's a tinker. But even so, like Phoebe was still better. I mean, she freaking rebuilt the the pack, you know, the photon pack, and like yeah. the the trap, like she knew so, it. Well, but she did it with the help point. of Egon's ghost, yeah. though, too. Yeah. The uh, the or the lamp that was possessed. Maybe we don't really know, right? Might have just been the lamp. <laughs> Say <laughs> like, hey, I'm a weird. But I liked it. It uh, worked, it worked I, well that way. So, yeah, I, I think I that agree. was a good connection there. Yeah, think, what did you think, Mark? On it, I, I I loved it. I think that it added heart to the movie, and that's one of the thing that the other two movie, the first two originals had, is they had that heart to it, and it was Dan Aykroyd's heart. Right? No, exactly. But it was. It, <laughs> it it was. I think it was perfect it's to nuts. have Egon as as the family connection. Obviously, because you know the late Harold Ramis isn't with us anymore, so it just it kind of gives like that homage to him and keeps you know him alive. You know, in in uh, in this uh, source of media, and I think that um, uh, McKenna Grace nailed it, just like James said. Like she was. She's essentially Egon, and it, it was it was a very touching and powerful scene when she was getting into that argument with her mom. And the movie keeps it real, which I like because the other movies did that. You know, they there were some serious parts to those movies, and I like that this movie wasn't afraid to go there. Whereas, you know, I felt like maybe the 2016 was afraid to go like a little serious. It kind of helps balance the movie out and grounds it a little bit more. So that that seems just so well done. So 2061 is almost like slapstick. It was, yeah. It was way more comedy heavy. Which is like, right. Okay. Speaking about the previous films, what did you think about the original cast showing up? Which I think that they, they were more prevalent than I thought they were going to be. Because if, if you remember in the 2016 Ghostbusters, they all just had cameos. Uh, they were in a film, but they were, they were not terrible themselves. cameos, by the yeah, way. Yeah. They were pretty bad cameos. Yeah. But this time they're actually playing their character. So yeah. So we had Bill Murray return as Peter uh ernie hudson came back as winston ernie hudson essentially his character winston essentially became really good at business like successful, <laughs> yeah very successful and he's like a multi-millionaire bill murray's character peter is still a professor he's still doing he's still teaching um and then dan Aykroyd's character ray was basically they owned a shop and was trying to run a business, couldn't which keep is a, cool because that's the like connection to the second one. He has this, yeah. his shop mm-hmm. from the he's second trying, movie, so it's like oh, he's running the shop in the second film as well. Um, and they kind of show up at the end to help, but to help uh, Phoebe and Trevor stop the ghost. The interesting thing I think about it that Dan Aykroyd had a bigger part to stay in it because he he told the backstory between what happened to basically the Ghostbusters and why they yeah. kind of disbanded and what yep. held Ramers, Ramers' and why character Egon mad at Egon and why they yeah Egon. exactly so that was what did you think about that that cameo and then the backstory to that do you guys feel that that was kind of a believable thing or, or did it justify you know him kind of isolating himself and disbanding the Ghostbusters yeah I would uh, say so yeah. I, I thought it worked I thought it worked well um 
I mean, they don't really explain why they showed up. Like, hey, we're here. I'm assuming it's like uh, Ray called him up because he, you know, yeah, when she, she was got talking the phone to call. Phoebe, yeah. and he was like, "Wait, that's you know, that's your grandpa." Yeah, once once she it, told him who cool. he was, I think that's where it it sparked them to kind of like, take I get serious. The back together. Yeah, and then but, basically uh, everyone's like, "You son of a bitch, I'm in." So <laughs> I I agree. I think <laughs> that it it helped to to have ray explain like what happened and if you watch the original movie it makes sense because egon in when they're in jail he's like telling everyone the story everything the backstory this whole movie is basically based around that story that egon is talking about and yeah, he's right. like yeah explaining about everything and like you it makes sense he knows that that... the seriousness of it like how crazy it is that's why he, he takes it upon himself yeah to you know, that's where the plot is. Even in the movie, like, he, you could kind of tell, like, he took it the most serious, and everyone else was like, oh, okay, whatever, dude. You know, we're just going to go ahead and handle the shit, so. Amongst the construction um, and other jail guys that were in that scene, man. Yeah. <laughs> my my theater lost, I, I saw this in Vacville and JBX, and uh, we actually even had a uh, cosplay group there as uh, the Ghostbusters. It was kind of cool. They had, Gosh. yeah, they had the Ecto-1 cool. outside and everything. They were doing oh, it for dressed, kids, man. You dressed up? You yeah, I did. Yeah, I wore, yeah, I wore my backpack. <laughs> yeah, it was me. You're like, get out. I <laughs> yeah. made the protest. I'm a Ghostbuster, <laughs> man. It's in my janitor closet, man. It's okay, man. It's okay. I put it away later, man. <laughs> Why are you talking in an accent? It's okay, man. My secret identity. It's uh, the mop. So it's the mop. Wait, er- everyone lost their shit when uh, the Ghostbuster showed up, dude. It was, it was fucking epic. Oh, dude, you, I didn't even expect something. It. I was like, oh my fucking god, they're gonna show I, up. Dude, I was fucking juiced. I'm like, I can't fucking believe this it is was, happening. It was a good cameo. That I way, think, yeah, yeah that up. definitely like shot up Nobody the clapped Tomatoes in my theater, but it got close. I got close. Okay. And you know what? Bill Murray still stole the scene. He came in over there and was like, you're still fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. It's just a little few lines he had. Dude, I liked, okay, without, I mean, we'll talk about it in a sec, but like, I like how he, he wakes up the mom and he's like, we're gonna get some hot cocoa now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not even his house. Yeah, right. <laughs> give a shit, man. <laughs> Walked right in. He said, We're good. I, I like Ray we, fucking we, hesitating to say he's a god. <laughs> he's like, he knows he's supposed like, to yeah. say it. He's like, oh. Yeah, for the first movie, I was like, Yeah. They, they, they all looked at him. Like, yes. <laughs> uh, another cameo that came up just kind of early in the film Janine Melnitz comes back as, um, or sorry, Annie Potts comes back as Janine Melnitz. She's the secretary from mm-hmm. the original film. Uh, when they first come to get the house, there's uh, her. Apparently, she was just taking care of Vegan, helping him keep the bills paid because he wasn't making no any money, money at all. Yeah. She wasn't making any money, so basically, she was kind of taking care of the estate for him while he was doing whatever it is he was doing, uh, which was basically saving the world. Yeah, and uh, you get a brief scene with her, little interaction, but just that she was there, and then she comes back at the post credit scene as well, and kind of goes into more depth about between her and Winston, the relationship uh, or legacy of Egon and what they were going through and, you know, making sure that there was, I guess, a little bit of closure for Winston on there before he, for some reason, ended up... (laughs) Just to throw this out as a weird post-credit scene, Winston's going into the old firehouse um, because he's going to reopen it to bring the car in, but Ray did specifically say that was a Starbucks, so I was like, so... (laughs) It's not a Starbucks anymore. It's not a Starbucks anymore. It's not, no. Somebody explained that in the thing I read. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I thought that was interesting that it's not a Starbucks, guys. It's uh, just it's still at the old farm. He was paying uh he was paying for everything, Mary. So like he paid uh Ray's shop. Like Ray wasn't making any yep. money either. Like Ray wasn't making Winston's money. Winston's yeah. so like 
you know, because he, he talks about like when I needed a paycheck, these guys were there for me, you know. Yeah. Only came to make steady work and stuff. So I like. Yeah, that. they gave him a shot for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't uh, cast that he, went, he went to the uh, he went to the Congo afterwards too. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, he's in Congo. What are you talking about? I didn't know. Oh, that's right, the Don Gorilla, bro. Fuck you talking about, dude. Then he became oh, he uh, in Congo. Yeah, he became the warden of a prison too. Yep, he did. Yep. Hey, he's done a lot of jobs, man. He's just trying to make a check. I like that post-credit scene with any pots that they got. I guess from unused footage. Yeah, that's I'm a deleted scene. Yeah, that's a deleted scene. Um, yeah, yeah the the World State Fair coin. Yeah, I really like that. It was very touching, was and, cool. and you got to see like Harold Ramis there. I was just like, oh my god, dude, this is this is fucking awesome. Um, it just it was a nice like little like tie into everything and. Um, I think I like that uh, Ernie Hudson, his character Winston. I like that he was the one who kept everything together financially and kept like supporting everything because he was the one who least believed everything at the beginning. Yeah, and just, so like he was just trying to make money. Yeah, and so he was just like, no, this shit's for real. You know, he even gonna, says in the first movie, he's like, as long as there's a paycheck, I'll believe anything you tell me. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, I just, I just started working for these guys. Yeah, he tell even in, in the <laughs> second movie when they're like getting under the, when they're like getting uh in trouble and shit. He's like, I barely know these guys. Like, yeah. Um, there's also another scene with uh, another uh, cameo with uh, from uh, Sigourney Weaver, who plays Dana Barrett. There's a mid credit scene with Bill Murray's character, Peter, which they're basically playing um, truth or, well, I guess truth or lie. And, uh, well, it's, you know, dude, it's like a psychic thing. It's from this it's first psychic movie. Thing, yeah. It's from yeah, the first movie from directly. So. And uh, she, she's, uh, she, they, they have a very funny interaction together just to see that they're still together. Uh, the relationship's still there. And that he's he's again a scene stealer, but this time with Sigourney Weaver, they I think they were kind of they have good chemistry together. Oh yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very good chemistry there. But I mean, it's um, just it's, she only has that one spot. I mean, I'm, she's busy filming like sixteen fucking Avatar movies, so yeah, I get it. Yeah, there wasn't. I mean, there wasn't so. really much to it, just to show that they were still in a relationship together. Because like when they show the credits, they say hey, with Sigourney Weaver, like wait, what the and hell? Then they she cut was in into the, movie? the scene, and then they like, do what? it. I was like, oh, fancy, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. So yeah. So just a handful of cameos, but uh, I'm glad they and, and little bits in there. But she needed it's, it's to be good in to, to see the cast. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and now let's speak a little bit about the the ending. So before we go into the actual final part, you know, the big finale, um, I wanted to ask you guys' thoughts about just what Egon was doing. So the whole reason he stayed behind was because of the fact that the spirits were coming out. And I guess because they this kind of world-ending event happens every few decades, and he was preventing the next one, and was doing a pretty good job of holding it down uh, until basically the the key master and um, I don't remember what the other one thing is called, but they the two dogs basically the two yeah. dogs yeah basically get together and and mate and then um, bring back a Gozer, but. That that seems like he he had this whole thing planned out, and they kind of screwed it up. The kids by well, Paul Rudd and the kids by letting out the demon, and so they essentially finished triggering the events that he was preventing. What did you guys think about them for them to basically creating? I mean, you know, they opened up the the trap. I mean, really, it was because uh, Ivo Shandor still had that shrine and everything there and like egon trick yeah, that's what he, was happening yeah yeah because yeah. that that whole the building that dana was living in and stuff in the first ghostbusters was was Designed made by from, him. 
from rock that mm-hmm. was mined by him and everything like that. So he he had like basically like the whole like shrine and everything was still there. So even though they stopped everything like at the beginning of the movie, like Egon was like, no, it's it's Gozer can still come back and and shit basically. And I mean, I guess the kids sort of you know. They sort I would say of they do because the the trap is missing and not powered up. So like they would have yeah. never found it. Yeah, right. but they were curious and they powered it up. And the other dog was like late. Although, <sighs> speaking of it, the only way Phoebe found that trap was because of Egon. Egon yeah. showed her how to find it. Right, the ghost of Egon. He probably what wanted your thoughts. He probably wanted him to destroy it. That's why. Or yeah, he probably wanted go through to destroy- and beat this motherfucker right. But and said they they went the wrong way about it. What were your guys' thoughts of Egon? Kind of just essentially living as a spirit and helping the family i liked it i especially like yeah. the scene at the where phoebe's holding the uh you know on the proton pack and when the ghost came up i started tearing up i was like oh, oh dude same here, here dude that that's about the scene where that scene makes like, that scene makes the movie dude and like ghost? he's doing it with him. was a ghost sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry i'm mixing up movies now baby <laughs> We were so baby. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree, James. Like that was a, it's a very touching and powerful. I know. Scene. I saw and that. And just, I like that they don't let like, him talk. Fuck. Yeah, I like yeah. that they don't let him talk, and it's just kind of. And then, especially when the guys are like, especially when Winston's like, "You should have called us." Like we didn't know, and you know, you when they all like, said they missed you, him too, and yeah, it was more so not even Egon, more of them telling Harold Ramis like they missed him. Yeah, the whole That's the, the, reason, the, the whole for Harold thing was yeah. really good too. Yeah, so. the uh, at the very end, and uh, you know, it's because these guys have had a history of kind of button heads, and that's why the third movie never really came along because all four had to agree to it, and right, uh, they'd always Bill be like Murray three of them. No. Yeah, basically, Bill Murray would just always say no because you know, Bill Murray's He's Bill like, Murray. I don't do shit films. Yeah, but it's because he got burned on the second one because it was a different script from what they had agreed on. So that's yeah. why he's like, I'm never doing one of these again. So the fact that he they all came back for this really shows that they, I think they also are pretty cool with Jason Reitman and Ivan Reitman too. Yeah. So. yeah. I think that helped a lot. So, but I, I like that whole aspect of that. I thought that was very touching. It was, it was tastefully done, you know, both at the very ending where they showed his character. Cause I thought I, as soon as I saw the ghost, it's like, Oh, they're going to do some shitty fucking CG thing where it's going to be like just using his property and it's going to be weird. And they actually did a good job. Like you said, James, he didn't speak, which was, I think really good that yeah. they didn't use his voice. Um, and it, it did make it a bit more touching for us, and uh, obviously it was impactful for. It's better uh, that his only speaking part was the the post credit scene, the fl- like the, from the old footage. Yeah, so. from the deleted scene. Yeah, so that yeah. was good. Um, and then just the fact that he was there helping the family along and helping Phoebe, um, that was good. It was it was kind of well done the way they were doing it. So, uh, what about the main villain Gozer, who actually was played by Olivia Wilde? Um, she she looked kind of I recognized her by the way. Yeah. I was like, is that fucking Olivia Wilde? Yeah, she looks spot on though to what she was before. In the I 80s. thought the same. I was like, fuck's Olivia Wilde doing here? <laughs> I thought it was cool. Uh, it, they 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 very heavily. Uh, I mean, it's basically the same plot as the first one, right? But it makes yeah. sense because the the you know of how big of an event that was. So, yep. I thought it worked out well. Yeah. I didn't. I it didn't was know that was going to happen at all. So I was like, "Oh shit!" So it was a good kind of callback and kind of kept the story together. Yeah. Um, from the original, or did a good connection to that. They they kind of did leave it open because um, they didn't necessarily defeat Gozer in the first one. They just closed the portal. Yeah, the that's all they ring, did. Yeah. By, yeah, by crossing the streams. So they didn't really defeat Gozer. They just closed the the portal that all the ghosts were coming through and everything, which. It's funny because when Ghostbusters 2 came out, I thought Gozer was coming back. And I was like, oh, shit, Gozer's back. But 
guess they saved it for the third one. So yeah, I think well, I don't think I they necessarily worked. defeated her here either, though. They trapped her. Oh yeah, yeah, they trapped her in the big ass all the traps. But it's like yeah. the <clears throat> ultimate traps. She wasn't ever trapped before. She just went back to her dimension. Yep. Right. This time she yeah. was trapped. I think. Yeah. Yeah. She got the thing to work. Mm-hmm. I know. Because the stranger came um, and he was like, "I'll just shoot the big old thing." I was like, "There you go." Like, this makes more sense. He's like, um, "Check out season four next year." We, we talked a little <laughs> bit about Ivo Shandor, played by J.K. Simmons. Such a small um, role, by the way, but it, it is, is cool it's super small. But hilarious. And then he wakes up and he sees her and he's inviting her. And she's like, cool. And splits him in half. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, there you go. All that for nothing. So um, speaking about all these kind of different weird Easter eggs and, and post-credit scenes and cameos, there is one thing. And I, I honestly don't know what it's leading to, but what do you think that post-credit scenes where they're showing? I think it's that the ghost trap where they dispense all the ghosts in, right? I don't it's remember. About to blow. Exactly what it is. Yeah, it's, it's all full, to, right? The containment is about to explode. The containment thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. He never actually found a way, and I couldn't remember because I hadn't watched the original films in a while, um, so you guys probably know better than I do, but they never actually found a way to dispel the ghosts once they trapped them. They just kind of put in that container, right? Correct. Yeah, that's it. Until they released yeah. it because that one douche, and then they had to get mm-hmm. them all again, right? Yep. So, so I mean, it's kind of the same thing now. Going back, and it, it could lead to you know future sequels because I think so. Will be I mean, loose. I would say the post credits is it's because like Winston gets a car back and he said he's going to fix it up. So I'm assuming it's mm-hmm. going to be maybe not quite the same characters we saw in this one, but maybe a new era of. I mean, I mean maybe, it looks like they're going to go back to New York. I mean, why would it they looks like it would be in, in go- uh, it would Oklahoma, be in New York. Right? So it looks yeah. like they're going to reopen the place and maybe start busting ghosts again. If you know what I mean. What. Yeah, so it makes them feel good. What what do you what would you want to see in a sequel if they did something like that, Marco? What were you, what what kind of thing are you looking for in a sequel if they try to set it back in New York? I'm I'm kind of torn because it was it was kind of nice to see the new generation, the the kids kind of like grow into like being sort of pseudo Ghostbusters. But then again, they're kids, you know, so they can't really be Ghostbusters full time. Well, I mean, Sam's about be, a year away from yeah. being 30, right? So. He's yeah, gonna be right so, I mean, that's true. But uh, I, I like that they, you know, brought Ecto-1 back to New York and that Winston's like, you know, he, he wants to keep the place open. I hope to see these guys like managing like the Ghostbusters, you know, like maybe they're, they're not directly fighting, but they're kind of like training like the next... You yeah. know, generation of Ghostbusters, like where, Winston and Ray. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they, they get yeah. It's it's Ray and 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 Peter and Winston just sort of training these guys and showing them the ropes or something or um, being mentors for the new generation of Ghostbusters. I think that would be kind of cool. What about you, James? Any anything else that you kind of would like to see in the next sequel? I mean, that, uh, same thing. I just I'm, I hope they announce that they're going to make another one because I really like this one a lot. It did a lot better than they thought it was going to do, which is awesome. Everyone's just like, it's going to flop and all this bullshit, but no, did 110 over the weekend. We're looking pretty solid, boys. Anything else? Anything else in this film that you guys wanted to talk about or you felt like it was worth bringing up? Uh, I think the Stay Puft marshmallows were kind of unnecessary, but I mean, I get it. They're cute, though. Especially, they gave podcast something to do because he was being attacked by them suddenly, and and it was know, funny. Was he gets funny. out and he's covered in like how Ray <laughs> was, and then Ray's like, yeah. "I'm your one subscriber." <laughs> yeah, it was fucking awesome. I was like, I know the feeling. Yeah, no, podcast like I felt like was the voice of the movie pals. We're just like, hey, can can you? Why did that kid kind of look like me? By the way, why did that kid kind of look like me? I kind of saw him. I was like, was I like saw it too, James? and I was like, no one better make a fucking mention of this one. <laughs> Fuck, is that me? Is it a mini twelve year old? It's like basically the movie pals is Ghostbusters. 
So like seven hundred dollars worth of equipment, though, man. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. the hell equipment real, real quick. But uh, yeah. I I do agree that the the little stay puffs were unnecessary. I did like the practical effects, like you mentioned, Bill. I, I like that they had a blend of both of those because that's kind of what makes the yeah uh, the dogs the in that better. scene outside of them running. Obviously, like when he's eating, that's all. That's a pup. That's a puppet. Yep. Yeah, I like Which that. Cool. Like, nice. Which is nice. So yeah, I thought those were cool. Honestly, the whole diner aspect of it, where him getting a job and all that, seemed kind of like throwaway. I know they kind of gave it just to show that he Trevor had something to do, but and to meet the girl. But I got one last thing I want to mention. Yeah, I, I do like, like how they practically destroyed the whole town. By the way, in that car chase, <laughs> yeah. they do. Bro, she and they got really like letting that shit ride and just. I was like, did anyone die? <laughs> Dude, she oh. blew up like 16 fucking buildings. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nabil, I like that, town. too. Keeping the tradition going because the Ghostbusters always kept getting arrested. Mm-hmm. So I like that uh, it showed that the new generation also And the destruction suit. shit, right? Yep. Epic. Dude, they, for God's sake, just... in the first or the second movie, they said it's split up. We can do more damage that way, man. Or in the first movie. <laughs> yeah. Like Peter just fucking that. wrecked that entire room. <laughs> Peter. He charged yeah. a guy 5,000 bucks in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, he's like, or we can just let it back in there. He's like, I'll get my checkbook. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I guess that is it, guys. That is our thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife. Thank you for listening. Thanks for the feedback. That's the end of the pod. We really appreciate everybody that listens, responds to us on social medias. Uh, Mark, let them know how they can reach us. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher, smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode if this is your first time listening to us thanks for giving us a shot hopefully you stick with us in the long run share us rate us tell your friends family about us uh hack your parents phone and have them subscribe to our podcast so that way you know it plays automatically in their car when they connect to their like hey i don't have any space on my phone anymore keeps downloading something automatically that's weird (laughs) i don't know yeah crazy (laughs) please uh leave a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that will let you. Really appreciate it. I want to get back to those five stars that we used to have. Alright guys, so uh, tune in next time for episode 113. Depending on availability, we are planning on reviewing the new film Licorice Pizza. If not, it's going to be a random one. So yeah. until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a great one. <laughs>